Yeah. And, you know, you know, again, we're talking about the 70 to one number where if, if I put $5 down, I can win three fifty. I, I, I'll, I've spent $5 in much worse ways. So I'll, I'll be betting Luke list and I'll probably put him in my best bets. Okay. Yeah, man. Your best bets Monday night of Pebble Beach. Uh, last year at this time, Johnny and I were uh, debating Kenny Pigman's chances to win the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We will not be doing that tonight, unfortunately, because I did not think he's in the field. We're going to be reviewing the Farmers Insurance Open and talking about Pebble this week. Uh, Mark Benneke is here. Mark, you had a good NFL week. You were just talking to us about how good of a heater you're on. So you weren't surprised by yesterday's games at all. No, I really wasn't, Phil. Thanks for having me back on. I, like so many people, have been sucked in by by Joe Franchise and uh, the rest of the Bengals. Uh, crazy playoff run. Really enjoyable NFL season. You know, I mean, it's almost was too good to be true how good these games have been. I mean, the entertainment value uh, that these games have provided has, has been, I mean, I can't remember anything like it. So, yeah, it's been fun to uh, take advantage of a little bit of a hot streak here and just keep, keep riding the wave. Yeah, the last six games have been pretty incredible. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, pretty much down to – either the last play or, or, or the last drive. Uh, so been awesome football. Uh, Johnny Strouser is here. Johnny, we have, uh, you know, a big story in Cincinnati with the Bengals going to the first Super Bowl since 1988. Tom Brady may be retiring, may not be retiring, but really the, the story of the weekend is Luke Liss uh, winning the Farmers Insurance Open. Um, your thoughts? No, we'll get to that in a second. I just, I, 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 I had to break it in some way. So, um, a 37 year old guy winning for the first time trumps Tom Brady clearly. Yeah. I mean, you've been talking about him for before we did sports betting. I mean, when we were doing, and we still participate in a fantasy league in a, in a 10, 10 player pick and fantasy league each week. And, and you have been on him forever. You must be as proud as any person who's ever, been a bit a fan of a golfer that really nobody not many people have heard of beyond that <laughs> yeah we'll get into it here uh, uh so let's start there um we've I've, I've been i've been touting this guy for a while uh maybe not uh not correctly in, in a lot of ways but incorrectly in, in, in some ways because of how good of a uh, tee to green player he's been on, on the PJ tour really since 2018 first showed up at Honda when he lost in the playoff to Justin Thomas there. And he actually had to go back to corn Ferry, I think in 2020 um, got his card uh, during the, the, the KFT playoffs. And, and then really starting last year is when he had a lot more good finishes. Um, however, was still a, I mean, bottom, what, 20, 30 putter on tour, um, even last season. And um, 
you know, we talked about it last week on the pod. I think I, I went back and listened to it uh, Saturday night to see exactly what we said, but I think we did a good three minutes on him and we'd said at 70 to one, he was an amazing fit for the golf course. Um, really, if you built a golf course in a lab for this player, it, it was, it was Tory Pines and it really showed to be the, the case, um, you know, with, with how good he was to the green, really good around the greens and his putting was good enough at least early in the week to get him in contention and he had some things go his way clearly on on saturday but uh mark what were your impressions on on luke list winning was this was this a tournament that zalatoris gave away or did luke list luke list just do enough to get by to win this thing no i i, I think you know Bill, you got to look and look at this and say that Luke List really went out and earned this victory. Uh, you know, knocked on the doorstep so many times, obviously most notably in uh, 17 against JT at, at Honda. But, uh, you know, for a guy to come out and shoot 66, you know, I think hindsight being 2020, it doesn't surprise me that Luke List uh, won his first event in this fashion you know, posting almost two hours earlier um, and then kind of just letting letting chaos ensue. It was a really exciting back nine. Kind of gave us that feeling, uh, you know, with so many players within two shots of the lead, you know, this tournament could have went so many different ways. And I think I think List really had an advantage just posting early. Um, you know, John Rahm certainly inserted himself into the tournament and he, you know, thought he was going to make the run obviously makes the birdie on on 17 and we thought man you know he had the chance on 18 to tie it up but when when he missed that poor Zalatoris gave himself the look yeah. you know Will Zalatoris playing so well recently but anybody that watched that tournament or watched any of his uh putting strokes over the course I'm sure you guys are gonna talk about that just really as uncomfortable as one could be for a guy that just shot 15 under around, uh, around Tory, obviously, you know, had, had the putter working, but just when it mattered the most, uh, couldn't pull it out. But I think this is really just all, all the credit in the world goes to Luke list, uh, phenomenal ball striking performance. And, uh, I think he kind of won one on the back of his, of his, uh, of his, of his long game. Johnny list was, he was first, uh, in putting on Wednesday, um, to get him out to a quick start. He ends the week eighth, uh, in strokes gained putting. And we had said for a long time, if he was just above average, he, he may win. You know, he falls into the categories of guys that we've talked about a lot, like a Corey Connors, um, I, a guy that apparently we're going to be talking about in the same fashion in the future as Will Zalatoris, who, if he can, figure out something with the putter and have a positive strokes gain week. He, he probably wins. Um, I was, I was kind of reading what he said after the round that he really worked on his putting over the last three or four months. Um, you know, with got a new putting coach and, you know, he didn't have the yips and, you know, his stroke looked good. He just wasn't making them. And, and in fact, he wasn't coming close on a lot of these. Um, and we talked about last week about how, you know, POA potentially could kind of neutralize some of the, the, the shoddy putting. Um, what were your thoughts about watching him down the stretch? I know he had a couple key misses on 13, a couple a really big miss on 17 and we thought would come back to haunt him. Um, but he made the huge putt on 18 to really get him in the playoff. And then, um, and then, you know, pretty much took care of it in the playoff, not having to putt. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think we kind of had predicted off of what market said is, is that the way he's going to was going to win likely his first event was he was going to come from behind where he could kind of freewheel it and everything like that. And just like I had told you um, Saturday morning before the tur- the uh, the day started, I said, there's a good chance that someone's going to shoot 65 and win that golf tournament. Now I thought it was going to be John Rahm or, you know, someone else going low and kind of separating themselves from the field. But uh, let's shoot 66, um, 65 would have won him out right there. But, you know, looking at, year after year of his ball striking numbers. I mean, the, the strokes gain numbers don't, don't lie. He's consistently up there in the top echelon of, of ball strikers. And, um, you know, it's just been, you know, him trying to overcome what makes him struggle with the putting. And I think hiring this putting coach, uh, realizing that, that that's kind of where his, you know, his major flaw is to, you know, to jumping to that next level of being a PGA tour winner, um, has been huge. And a lot of it is technique, but most of the time in putting, um, these, these guys, it's, it's a lot of it is confidence and it's just, it's seeing putts go in and knowing that the stroke that you've, you've been trained to do that your, your, you know, your putting coach or, or the, you know, what you're working on, on a Tuesday morning on the putting green, that type of thing is going to come through and you're going to end up trusting it. Now, yeah, he did miss a couple key putts um 13 he knocked it out into the par five and um hit a hit a kind of an okay bladed wedge chip shot to a couple feet and had a tough putt and missed it um but remained confident and what he uh one thing i did notice about his putting stroke was there was confidence to it there you know there's a way where you could tell when guys are kind of guiding the putter and 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 not putting it or swinging the putter with authority and you know they don't look confident but he missed a couple but he also made it quite a few and i think the 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 biggest thing on 18 was actually having that downhill putt um you know a lot of times you don't want a downhill putt because you've got to hit it easier and everything but i think that really helped him and why Torres missed that putt um, on 18, cause his was uphill had to hit it with more authority. And there's always a fear that you're going to, you're going to knock it by, but he didn't have to worry about the, uh, the speed of the putt, uh, full, you know, solely focused on, on the, uh, um, on the line of it and made a good putt. And, you know, hopefully this will propel him, you know, confidence wise that, uh, he'll contend more. And I could see, you know, if he maintains this, uh, you know, this upper echelon ball striking that if he stays confident with the putting, I mean, I could see him winning uh, a couple more times. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a Jason Kokrak type late, late career. Yeah. I don't know, research, you know, where he, he wins once and it opens up, I don't want to say the floodgates, but you know, maybe, maybe he wins another time this year. I don't know. Um, so we, we touted him obviously on our best bets, uh, at 70 to one. And if, if you were lucky enough to get him pre-round going into Saturday, he was 200 to one sitting there Saturday morning. Um, so that, that would have been amazing to wow. add on to that. Um, I was, I was happy with the 70 to one, uh, pre pre-tournament number. I know you had a little bit on them as well. Um, I know there was a couple yep. people that followed that play. So, um, yeah, that was a big win. I, I again, so I, I, we had the Max Homa play last year at, um, at, at, at Riv that actually all three of us touted at before that, that, uh, that tournament that was also 70 to one. So pretty big win, uh, for him, big win for us in the podcast, um, Let's talk about Willie Z, uh, Mark. I think 
everyone is high on this guy because I, I was watching Friday's round and I think I texted this to Johnny. I said, that was one of the most incredible ball striking rounds I've ever seen. Um, he shot 65 and I think he had, I think, I think I saw seven or eight putts inside of 15 feet that he also missed, including just a ghastly three footer on 13 that kind of reminds you of what we saw. I think it was last year at the open when he had that just ugly, ugly two or three footer. Um, but I think everyone's very high on him. The, the ball he's, he's gotten longer. Um, he doesn't look any bigger, but that's all you heard from CBS the whole weekend is, is he's put on some weight swing speed is increased and he, he's really getting it out there and he's, he's so solid. I think, also something that's overlooked. People think he's kind of a young enough comer. He's actually older than Colin Morikawa. He's about only a year and a couple of months younger than John Rahm. So, you know, he's not old, but he's not necessarily like your 22 year old. I think he's, I think he's 25. Um, so is the ceiling maybe potentially lower on him than a guy like, I don't know. Um, I, I don't even, I, I don't know what a name would be, but, yeah. but because of his age, would, would that limit his potential? You know, I, I don't think so, Phil. You know, you bring up a great point uh, kind of in your commentary there on Luke List. Is he going to be that Jason Kokrak type, you know, a guy that kind of is a late bloomer, so to speak. It's hard to believe where we consider 25 to be a late bloomer, but uh, no, I don't I don't think his age will slow him down any. You know, I think, again, this is a kid that's that's been battle tested and he's played he's played everywhere. He's he's earned everything. He's um you know, everything he has accomplished has, has been well fought for. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, that, that Zalatoris is a kid that's always going to be there. You know, when he played so well at the Masters, I think that's when he really was kind of launched into the public eye. And, you know, I'm sure we'll have a little fun with this, but uh, he's a household name because of the golf he's played with Tony Romo. It's been well documented. I'm sure uh, you and Johnny would like to talk a little bit about some of the golf he plays with Romo down in Dallas, but uh, I, I don't have a problem with Romo. Johnny does <laughs> just, just looking at the numbers. You, you said it yourself. CBS was the, I mentioned uh, that his, that his club speed has got up to like 127 miles per hour. Uh, so for such a, um, you know, relatively, relatively small, small guy. He certainly moves it out there. Currently 20th on tour and driving distance. Um, you know, he hits it so good. It's kind of a, it's kind of a larger debate. You know, I think the thing to want to look at is, is how accurately can he drive the golf ball? I think a, a course like Augusta national, um, you know, he's going to fare well around there as long as he keeps the putter, uh, in check. You know, I think this is a kid that can win in spite of his putter because he is so, uh, battle tested and he hits it good. But I think when you get to some of these, uh, you know, like a look at a U.S. Open type, I mean, if you get, um, you know, some thick rough uh, where you've got to drive it straight, I think we have a few more question marks on, on Zalatoris's game, but certainly going to be on the tour for a long time. I think he's a kid that's going to be a force for years to come in the team events, um, Ryder Cup, President's Cup, you know, as this, this guy gets more and more comfortable, I think we're going to see him uh, on leaderboards frequently. I don't think he's, um, you know, I, as far as, as far as major championship outlook, I kind of leave that up to you guys. Granted, we can't, we can't see into the future, but I don't see him as a, um, generational type. I don't think he's Colin Morikawa. I don't think he's, 
Xander Shoffley for that matter. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but, uh, uh, certainly I think, I think he's a guy that can win, win a handful five to 10 events on the tour. And, uh, because again, he has 25 and, and a lot of these kids that are in the same conversation have had an early start, right. And had multiple, uh, multiple wins on tour. So I think if, I think if you look at the complete full picture, um, there's going to be some question marks. Certainly his game's good enough when he's on, but, uh, that's, that, that kind of sums it up. I mean, he's only going to go as far as his putter is going to allow him to go. And I think he's going to be a very streaky player. So in stretches like this, even this week, you know, in the field at, uh, Pebble, and I know we're not there yet, but I think, I think he can capitalize on this good form. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see sort of just how he builds up to Augusta national. If, if he can repeat his performance from last year, um, but certainly will be interesting to follow. Johnny, the, the leaderboard on Saturday was, uh, you know, littered with big names. We saw Jason day make a reappearance. He's still alive. He's still fighting. Um, you know, Justin Thomas was in the mix for a while. Um, John Rahm made a run. What, what was, what was noteworthy to you about any of those guys or, or anyone else we haven't talked about yet? Well, I was um, <clears throat> obviously the, the Jason Day thing, and he's had success here. But the fact that uh, you know he had a couple good rounds and and um, you know put himself in position to win, even after holding out for Eagle, um, what was it twelve or something like that? Yeah. Um, you know that was that was a pretty big deal. I don't know going forward, you know, for especially if we're looking at it from a betting aspect, if if he's you know got any value beyond that the fact but the fact that he played four rounds and completed four rounds and didn't seem to be uh, injured after that you know so hopefully you know and i don't mean that to be you know condescending or anything like that I, I i don't ever mind jason day and i think it's nice to see when he's on the leaderboard um i've never been a big fan of him but you know as a golfer though i think he's you know he's been a good player there um justin thomas or i'm sorry justin rose excuse me uh, seems to be on a little bit of a of a resurgence. Um, you know, he, again, he's been he's been at this event before, and um, I know we talked about him before uh, on the podcast before this, and he'd be a good pick and, and ended up finishing sixth place. Um, you know, he's had some pretty good finishes here lately, and 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 I don't know if he's if he's you know finding that form again. I mean, he's at that age where. He could, uh, you know, he could kind of fall off the map for another several years, or, or he can kind of make a, I guess, like a Lee Westwood type resurgence, even though at a at a younger age there. So, you know, those were a couple other, and then and then the other one, which just always is just remarkable to me, and I hope, I kind of hope he breaks through is Cameron Tringali, um, just compiling that cash. Another good finish and looked pretty solid there. I, you know, he's got that same thing where he's not as good ball striker as List, but or Zalatoris, but you know, he does hit it pretty well. He's had a lot of high finishes. Is he gonna, you know, is he gonna end up finding the winner circle here? Because he seems to be, you know, when he was finishing top fifteen a lot. You know, more of these are turning into top fives, top eights, top tens, that maybe he's on the cusp of actually winning. 
but uh, other than that, I mean, it was a you know it was a pretty pretty solid event as always, and uh, um, you know a lot of those same ones that we normally pick, um, you know, you know they're just they're they're just up there. John Rahm, I think uh, <clears throat> noteworthy that he got into contention on really, I mean, early in the week, but stayed in contention, you know, into basically his 72nd hole, not, not playing his a game, not really. I don't even think his B game. Uh, I thought he played pretty poorly on Friday and um, the fact that he's still there on, on, on the 72nd hole with, with, a, with a chance to tie is pretty impressive. Um, I, I, I wonder if he's, I don't know his schedule. I don't know if he's, I know he's not playing this week, um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's playing at waste management since that's sort of a hometown event for him. Um, so we'll see if he can pick up a win here. He's playing too good uh, recently not to win. Um, two more things. Um, one, I don't know what you guys think. I think Tory kind of showed out pretty well. Um, I know I got a, flat, a lot of flack last summer during the U S open about, uh, you know, the design just being kind of, for lack of a better term, boring. And um, I thought at least the tour set it up pretty interesting with some of the pins uh, over the weekend. I thought it was, I thought you had to play really proper golf to have good birdie chances. I mean, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the stuff you see on Twitter is you know, the whole office park that comes into play on nine and 10 and, um, you know, the holes that aren't on the ocean aren't, aren't necessarily that great, but I, I really, I don't know. It just looked different to me for some reason this time of year. Maybe it was just me. You know, I, I remember Bill, I think I actually came on, came on, you had me on the pod last year after the U S open and we, we did discuss this and I, I hope I'm not recycling my take here. The one thing that I truly love about Toria and really any golf course from a fan's perspective, there's nothing better than a great par five to end the round though, especially being on the 72nd hole. Uh, you know, Sung JM had a chance to, to actually launch himself from 13 to 15 under there. Uh, so, so there's just so much um, opportunity for movement up and down the board. Uh, that's I love about Torrey Pines, the golf course to me. I mean, outside of that, there's not a whole lot of memorable, uh, memorable shots, but I think the 18th hole is one of the best finishing holes that we see all year. I think it ranks up there with 18 at Bay Hill. Uh, granted, not the risk reward part four, but but just an iconic hole. Um, but but I think I think the 18th hole, it's just fantastic. You know, you've got to drive it straight. If you don't, uh, you can you can take a risk. You can lay it up if you'd like. I remember last year in the U.S. Open, obviously Louis Oosthuizen had a chance to go for it in two out of the rough, but didn't. So it always creates a little bit of controversy. I think we can kind of uh, Monday morning quarterback, some of the decisions we see there. So for that reason alone, uh, I'm okay with Tory just because it is, it has such great entertainment value. I do like the fact that, you know, you know where that pin is in the final rounds, uh, on 18 every year, you know, it's in the front left corner and, you know, like when list on, on his 72nd hole and when he laid up in the rough, you immediately thought, how's, how's he going to, how's he going to get that ball close with, uh, ball coming out of the rough because you just know that hole, you know, that, that pin placement. Well, of course he hits a great shot because he's Luke list. That's what he does. Um, Johnny, the Saturday finish. Um, I thought it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, I want more of it. 
needs to be like this every week. Um, at least I, I think on the West Coast, or or at least most weeks, give me the Saturday finish. It was weird waking up knowing that there was no golf on Sunday, but uh, I loved it. They can do it as much as they want to. I I, I love the late finish, the Saturday finish all all day long, though. Um, Johnny sounds a little bit like he's possessed. Uh, we're we're going to be working on that, uh, or he's going to be working on that here. Um, I don't know what, what happened. It sounds like, like you're, yeah, you're in the movie, the exorcist or something. Um, can I leave the, the meeting and come back, come back? Yeah. Leave and come back. Okay. Mark, um, as we, we get into pebble here, um, uh, Thoughts on the golf course? I, I know, I know they play Spyglass and um, Monterey Peninsula, so you know everyone will play those three courses the first the first three days, and then end on Pebble. Um, but there's nothing like seeing Pebble uh, in all its glory on on a sunny day. Um, I mean, it's still uh, optics. It, it's one of the ten best courses in the country as far as just the you know, the visual effect that has on you. No, no doubt. And I was excited to see that. Uh, I, I believe they alluded to it on the CBS telecast. The weather looks great this week out there. So I think we will get some of those nice, uh, beautiful vistas that, that we're so accustomed to see. Um, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage also. I mean, obviously it's hard to believe uh, with the snowstorm of the century coming here, but Pebble always kind of is one of those important, uh, you know, important pathways on on the road to spring here in Northeast Indiana. So it's exciting. It's exciting that we are at Pebble. Uh, you know, from the golf course standpoint, two of these three courses play under 7,000 yards. Um, the only one that's over is Spyglass Hill, and it's just a shade over. So again, kind of kind of similar vibes that we see leading up to like Sony, um, Harbor Town. I think kind of really opens up fields. I think over the past few years, we've seen uh, winners here that uh, kind of aren't really expected. Ted Potter Jr. in 16. Um, and then, oh gosh, I shouldn't, shouldn't. Uh, Taylor, Nick Taylor won, I think in 19, if I'm not mistaken. 20, so 20, yeah. 20. So, you know, it, it's, it's a great event because you mentioned it. You're going to get the best pictures arguably of the year. Um, it's a great watch again. And I think with the golf courses, the way they're set up, you know, Pebble well-documented some of the smallest greens on tour this, uh, that, that the tour sees. So, uh, I'm, I'm fired up for it. Like, uh, kind of usual, really looking at stats, um, proximity to the hole from 100 to 125 is a big one this week. Um, so as I've kind of put together my best bets and looking to see who I like. I am keeping a close eye on those proximity numbers from, from 125 and in also just strokes gained approach. Um, you know, a lot of guys are going to be driving it deep and they're going to be driving it close to these greens. So, uh, I don't think wedge plays huge. I think so much of it depends on the weather we get. I don't know how it's been leading up, but you know, if, if, if there's some moisture in these greens, I don't think the accuracy is so huge because so many players will be attacking with, with short wedge shots. So I think, uh, it's a key, you know, if we're trying to predict who's going to fare well, who's not, I think prior experience is big on these courses. You know, I think the West coast with the Poiana greens, 
look at a lot of players that that have putted well here um, historically, but uh, excited to watch. And you know, it's one of those weird situations where we're only going to get shot link data from one golf course, so it's going to kind of be tough to find. You know, some of these. Uh, if you're like me, you like to play the matchups, or you like to bet the individual three balls on on Thursday and Friday. Kind of hard to follow up with those. Um, but a great event, and, and I'm looking forward to Thursday getting it getting it kicked off. It's a great point about shot link. Um, you know, like classic line last year, and I'll just recycle it. It's 2022, and we don't have shot link data at two of the three golf courses. What are we doing? I don't understand. Um, the you know Berger wins here last year. We've seen uh, guys like Spieth, Jason Day, Brant Snedeker. A lot of the same guys play here well, play well here um, year after year. Um, but also, we've had some really random long shot winners. You mentioned Nick Taylor, Bond Taylor, of course, TPJ, Ty Potter Jr. I mean, that's the best. Of, I mean, when he took down DJ, was that's like the ultimate David versus Goliath. Um, but yeah, you see a lot of the guys, same guys play well here. So it makes me think about the guys like uh, Day and, and, Spieth right around that 20 to one number this week. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, just, to, just to echo what you said, Mark, I, I think it's total strokes gained approach week, you know, short, short courses. Um, you know, a lot of the guys are going to be driving it in play just to get the ball in play uh, with their irons take over. I, I'm also looking because of the small greens, you know, guys that can really get the ball up and down as well. Um, I think that's pretty key around here. Johnny, anything else from you about the golf courses? Well, first of all, do I sound any better or not? You do sound better, yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I agree with you on the um, uh, on the stroke gain approach. Uh, tiniest greens on tour, so got to be pre- precise on those. And you know, guys who if if you know, we're just watching it year after year. Those guys who went on Sunday at Pebble, generally, I mean, they hit the ball good, but they. Uh, they, they get, they seem to get up and down from, from anywhere. And the greens are, are that really difficult Poana, just like, uh, just like Torrey Pines is, uh, or where it was. And so they're going to have to make those short putts, uh, with all the traffic they get with not only the uh, professionals, but the, the amateurs as well. But, um, there's going to be enough greens that are missed that, uh, you know, they're going to have to get up and down there. So you know, look at a lot of the same guys who've had success there. I think this is the, the, the best recipe here because playing with the amateurs, you got, there's a certain level of patience you got to have to uh, have six, six and a half hour rounds of golf. And, um, you know, you got to play it a certain way and just kind of know, know where to hit it on these greens and, and, you know, the, the little subtle breaks that they've got and they're, and they're bumpy t- as well. You know, it's really unfortunate over the last three, four years, we've seen the field for this event really become quite weak. Um, I think it's just a casualty of the schedule. Uh, You know, there's so many big events early in the season now, Um, you know, you know, last week we talked about Tory sort of being the start of the season for, for some guys. We also know Riviera is coming up in a couple of weeks and and really the Phoenix event has become quite a big event. And then of course on the, the, the DP world tour, um, I got it right this time. Um, we have the Saudi event, which a lot of guys go to, and we'll, we'll talk about that one later. So this, this one has really seen this, I don't want to say kind of become a really noteworthy event to now it's, it's sort of a mid tier event, unfortunately, but that's, uh, it's the way it breaks. Uh, let's get to the odds. Pat Cantley, 
he is a significant favorite in this one. He's at plus 700. I would say it's a pretty deserved number based off of his phenomenal play. Last time we saw him was at uh, the Palm Springs event where he was in contention the whole week, uh, came up short. Uh, Daniel Berger at plus 1,000, defending champ. We did see him really struggle with some back stuff on Saturday on the final round. He was on the featured groups on ESPN Plus, which is, by the way, just phenomenal. Phenomenal product. Love it. Um, so I don't know his status. Uh, he's playing. I'm a little surprised there wasn't a with- withdrawal because he really was having a hard time swinging the golf club in the front nine. Um, Zalatoris at plus 1,800. You know, it is what it is. It's I think it's a well-earned number. It's hard to bet on a guy under plus 2,000 that's never won, but also who's playing better right now in this field. Uh, Spieth at 18, uh, Jason Day, Justin Rose at 20. Six guys at 20 to one. Um, you know, we talked about the, the long shots in, in this, the, this tournament historically having a great chance. Um, guys that are over 50 to one, 100 to one. Um, are you starting your card here or are you waiting to go farther back, Johnny? Well, I, I had debated this because a lot of them I don't like. Cantlay, I like him here, but again, just like Rom last week, uh, had such a short number. Um, Berger, like you said, did not look. I mean, did not look healthy at all. Um, wouldn't wouldn't touch him. Wouldn't touch him at that number. I won't bet him at all, just because he he looked legitimately injured there. So I, I don't want him. I'm going to bet Will's Alatoris. I'm going to ride that, uh, that good play there. I don't, I don't love the number. Like you said, anything under uh, 2000 for a, uh, for a non-winner is pretty tough there. But uh, um, I, I think when he won his first uh, Corn Ferry event, I believe it was last year, he had a chance to win the week before missed the, uh, I think a crucial putt on um either in the playoff or on the 72nd hole end up not winning that, that event. And then he won the next week after. So I'm um, kind of going to go off of that. That's where I'm going to start my card of those, uh, you know, of those um, five, six guys there. That's about the only one that I'm going to um, seriously consider at this point. Mark, what about you? Cantlay, Berger, Zalatoris, Beast, Day, or Rose. You touching any of those guys this week? Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a peek at Justin Rose and Jason day. Um, we talked, we talked earlier on, on kind of Jason days. Is it a true resurgence? Um, you know, I think that remains to be seen, but again, just looking at how important, uh, past history is around this. Johnny mentioned it, uh, when, when he was discussing, I think patience is such a, um, such a huge, um, you know, intangible that uh, obviously it's always required to have patience to, to play well week in, week out on the tour, but especially here, you can get rounds that are approaching six hours. Uh, and unfortunately, I think that's why a lot of the, a lot of the top players have kind of, um, you know, been able to skip this, you know, obviously you talked about the schedule, but, but again, I think just playing with your amateur partners, long rounds, uh, I look at a guy like Jason day, Justin Rose, very, uh, I'd imagine pleasant guys to, to be around can stay very patient. You know, if we look at Jason day's last eight rounds, um, around pebble, uh, first in, uh, strokes gained around the green again, just at pebble beach. Um, 
six in total putting, uh, six also complete tee to green. So I think he fits the profile. Um, again, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, excitement at the top of the board with, with some of these short odds for a lot of unproven players. I mean, outside of Patrick Cantley, I think that's the easy bet. Um, but the value is just not there. So I'm going to take a look, uh, you know, I'll kind of start there with, with Rosen day and then work my way down a guy. Uh, I, I do like just, just behind there, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick making his first start in 2022. Um, I, th- I think he fits the mold to play well around pebble, uh, spyglass and then also Monterey peninsula. Um, and then we'll, we'll get, we'll get a little bit deeper, uh, here in a moment, but, uh, I'll, I'll take a look at Rosen day and kind of, kind of work my, my card down from there. Jason day, the last five years here, a fifth, second, fourth, fourth, seventh, five consecutive top tens at this golf course coming off a third place finish. Um, he just plays this course. Well, um, I'm, I'm sharing my screen with you guys, the, uh, Rick run good database. Um, you know, Johnny and I talked about it last week. Justin Rose, um, the final round at the American Express. He had his best ball striking round in uh, approximately two years. And we said, hey, you know, is this, did he find something? Is he, is he going to push this forward to Tory? And, and he did. He, I mean, I was, I was stunned that he was playing the final hole with the, with the chance to tie. Um, but he's, he's had in his last four events, a 12th, 9th, 33rd and a sixth. And, uh, you know, he might be carrying some positive momentum in here. Could definitely make an argument for both those guys at 20 to one. Uh, nobody's talking about Jordan Spieth. Um, and we haven't seen much of him really. We saw him at hero hitting off, you know, the wrong tee box in December and we saw him at the tournament champions not doing too much, but here's a guy that just shows up at this golf course and, and wins or contends. He won here uh, five years ago, finished third last year. Um, that was in the midst of him really starting to parlay some, some really good play, and he carried it forward for the first half of the season. So su- surprisingly, if I'm on any of these guys, I might take a chance on Jordan um, finding something this week. And the numbers don't necessarily back it up, but some of these winners that have won here before don't necessarily have the statistical um, resume to back up um, a win. So I like Jordan. I don't love anyone else really at the number. Um, I'll talk about some live betting in this tournament later and what, what, what some of the advantages are um, to maybe go that route. Um, 22 to let's go up to 5,000. It's a small group, Seamus Power, Cam Tringali at 25. Johnny mentioned him. Maverick McNeely's got a really good uh, recent history here, two top fives in the last two years. He's at 25. Uh, Mark already talked about Fitzpatrick at 28. I think it's his first uh, first start of the year, at least on either tour, I think. Streelman at plus 4,000. Kevin Streelman, I don't say this often, a true horse for the course uh, at Pebble, five consecutive top 15 finishes for Streelman. Um, he's at 4,000 Kisner at 4,000 and Johnny's guy, Mito Pereira at 4,000 as well. We'll throw in the fives here. Zayden who Mac Hughes, Ryan Palmer, Minwoo Lee, uh, you know, usually plays on the DP tour. 
And then uh, Denny McCarthy, way overpriced at 5,000. Who's betting Denny McCarthy at plus 5,000? Um, Johnny, you know, we, I still often give you shit about Mito Pereira, um, but his iron game could really, really um, show up pretty well here. Yeah, it definitely could. And he played, he played good last week. I, I bet him either top 30 or top 40. Like he was, I think 20, 29th or 19th, but he, he played well last week. Um, real consistent, hit it well. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, he, he, this could be his week that he breaks through and wins an event, but I do like him a lot this week. I'll be betting him in some capacity. I, at least for a top 10 and and might go for a little bit higher than that. Um, you know, he proved last year that when he, when he got, got it going with the ball striking, especially with his irons um, he, on the corn Ferry tour. And, and, and even a little bit after he got his PGA tour card, he was, he was consistently making cuts and, and finishing up there. Um, it's just a matter of, of throwing, um, you know, good, four good rounds together, but he'll be, he'll be a good pick and he'll be on my card in some capacity. I do want to also agree with the Kevin Strillman pick, um, doubtful he wins, but, he, but this seems to be just the, the, the golf course where, or the, the courses, I should say, or the event where, where he seems to finish really well every single year. He's always been a good iron player and, and everything like that. Um, putting's been here and there, but I think he just kind of, this kind of works for him. I think he likes that, um, you know, playing with the amateur and, and he kind of likes that, you know, more fun, um, you know, type of atmosphere and the golf courses too, obviously fit his eye. So, uh, I like those two picks there. And then Mav McNeely, um, uh, his dad still lives, you know, within Pebble beach there. So, you know, he's, uh, um, you know, got, uh, he's played the golf course quite a few times, played all of them, um, played well, might consider a win bet, but still 25 to one that, that still doesn't feel like it's that automatic bet. So we might just have to go with the Phil Miller top 20, you know, bet and, and just, and then just, you know, go with it. But like I said, he's, he's from the area. His dad still live, his parents still live there. And, you know, I, I like him there. Unfortunately, he's, you know, his odds for the top 20 are so much lower now, uh, plus 120 yeah. for top 20. But uh, I'd prefer Mav if he was in that, that plus 4,000 range, you know, 25 is a little high. He did play well last week. And of course that does not suit his game really. Um, so that's encouraging. Um, Mark, you mentioned Fitzpatrick there. Um Anyone else in that range that that interests you to potentially win this tournament? Yeah, I, I look, uh, Phil, at um, two players around the fifty to one range. I'm going to start with uh, Christian Bezadenhout. Here's a guy that uh, has made his last three cuts on tour, um, finished uh, finished well, playing well in in good enough form. I don't think uh, it's necessarily a guy that's going to jump off the page, but Again, very steady um, in that proximity to the whole category from short yardage situations. Seventh currently on tour. Um, not necessarily a, uh, a fantastic track record here, um, but I, I, I like Bezadenhout, uh, like Johnny said, kind of like in that Streelman range. Um, you know, I'm not sure he can win, but I think a top 10 would be a good bet there. Do take a look at uh, Kevin Strillman also. I think since 2016, 
Uh, Streelman's worst finish in the AT&T is tied for 17th. So uh, certainly if there's, if there's a player that uh, is built to win this event, it's a Kevin Streelman type. Two winners, uh, two wins on the tour. Um, I'm going to go a little bit, little bit further down at sixty to one, and throw you uh, Matt Kuchar's name. Um, here, here, here's a good stat for you. Previous fifty rounds on par seventy twos, measuring it at seventy two hundred yards or less, Kuchar is currently ranking third. This is a guy that's uh, aging a little bit. Sitting on nine wins, I think. I think ten wins is important for a guy like Kucher. Um, again, not a uh, not a great record in in the AT and T, but certainly has played well over the years on the West Coast. Uh, I think again, his personality is perfect for this type of event. I think he kind of likes to uh, entertain, if you will, his his amateur uh, playing partners. So, um, again, I, I really like Kucher at uh, sixty to one. But uh, but I'm gonna kind of stick with stick with Bezadenhout here. I really like the way his game's trending, and I think he's a uh, I think he's a sneaky good play this week. I have a few things to unpack here. One, Kevin Streelman, uh, his amateur partner is always Larry Fitzgerald. Can can anyone figure out the partnership? How did that ever start? Has to be an Arizona thing, right? Aren't they Whisper Rock boys or something? I figured this is, this falls into Mark Beneke knows something about this. This is the kind of stuff that you always, are you like, Oh yeah, I know the story about Streelman and Fitzgerald. <laughs> well, I think I know, this, this is pure speculation, but I think it's been well-documented that Fitzgerald's always a force to be contended with on the member guest scene uh, out in, out in that area. I think his handicaps a little bit inflated. So I, I do think they play a lot of uh, friendly golf together, leisure golf. Uh, during off weeks, so yeah, maybe maybe uh, there is something to be said there. I think they actually won the pro am portion. Was it last year or two years ago? Uh, Strillman and Fitzgerald um, secured that title, uh, but I, I don't really have any more insight other than Fitzgerald might be uh, playing with a slightly inflated handicap from from what the rumors say. I actually have heard that as well. Um, so that's that, that must be popular knowledge. Um, so two things. I, I actually made I made two pets today. One was Christian Bezaden who to win the tournament. I really like him this week. Um, as long as he he's not a good driver of the golf ball. Um, I'm hoping um, some of these shorter holes he can just club down and get the ball in play. Fantastic around the greens, fantastic putter, just a great short game overall. So I think in that way he profiles well here. I love him at 50 to one. And then my other bet, and I got him at 66 to one, and he's currently moved down to 50 to one. A guy I bet in the fall, late in the fall, Mac Hughes. I think this is a um, a Mac Hughes type golf course. Um, we saw him contend at RSM in November, uh, a course that at least in in some ways is similar, at least in, in distance to this trio of golf courses. So I like Mac Hughes at that number. And it's unfortunate Zach Fitzgerald couldn't be here tonight. Um, I really, I was hoping for the the full house podcast. And I I was honestly going to talk about Matt Kuchar um, being a great fit this week. Um, so you've, you've filled that role for him um, for his man crush, crush on, on Kuchar. 
Um, I, I guess, I guess the drive to win 10 is where we're at with Matt Kuchar. I didn't, I didn't know it was a thing, but apparently uh, here we are. Um, so I don't mind him this week though. I really don't. Um, let's move on to 60 to one uh, and, and above um, Johnny. I'm not going to name all the names in here, but there's, there's guys like Kuchar, guys like Brian Harmon, Tom Hoagie's in here, guy that that recently contended. Um, Taylor Moore is is like a DFS stats nerd's dream for this golf course as well. Aaron Rye just contended, so there's definitely a lot of names in here. Um, a lot of guys that profile well, and and we've seen winners come from this range in the past at Pebble. I think you can make some money off of this group um, because when I when I first glanced at it. I do see some names there and a lot of it's going to be what what happened last week. You know, Aaron Rye didn't play great on Sunday. He, he really just didn't start well and then rebounded and ended up shooting even par. Um, he's a good young player and, um, and it, you know, I don't think he's going to win this week at 80 to one, but I, I think he could play pretty well. And, you know, it's just whether he can, you know, if he can get used to the, the three golf courses to be able to make the cut on, because it is a three day cut, not a two day. So that, that is a little bit of a disadvantage for guys who haven't played here. Um, Tom Hoagie is the one that does stick out. Um, he didn't see, what did he play well two weeks ago and he didn't make the cut this last week. Um, but he's been playing pretty well here this, uh, um, this early winter season. And, and, uh, and I'm expecting, um, the good play to carry over. And, and I think he can do pretty well. I'm not sure what he's got for course, uh, golf course history here. Um, other than, you know, the third place finish or whatever he had at the, uh, the American express there, but I like him. And then Brian Harmon, um, you know, he, he's always seems to stick around this early in the year. Again, again, I don't know if it's a guy who's going to end up winning because, you know, it's just, it's Brian Harmon. Um, but, you know, he, he's a, he's a good enough scrappy, you know, ball striker. He's got, always got a pretty good short game and when he gets hot with a putter, he can play pretty well. But, uh, no, I, I like the group as if you're looking in the, in terms of top 10, top 20 or top 40 finishes, if you bet those, and even looking at, uh, some potential matchups in that, uh, in that group, I think they could get a pretty good draw that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what they look like, but those, um, are the ones that, uh, that really, um, jumped out at me. And was there any more, we're going up to 8,000, 80 to one. Yeah. And Russell Knox was the, the one that I actually liked the most. And the one I'd probably play a win bet on, um, he's had three top 15 finishes here at this event. Um, so he's got the course history. Um, you know, if the weather's bad, he's, he's been known as a, uh, a bad weather player, um, from Scotland. So, you know, it's kind of used to the, the cooler, windier weather, which, which can happen here quite a bit here at Pebble beach. But, um, those are the, those are the ones I, I'm going to be looking at. I, 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 I'll probably only bet Knox as a win bet, um, but the rest of them all will be looking in the, the top 10, the top 20 range. You know, let me, if, if you don't mind, Phil, let me interject there. Uh, uh, too, like Johnny, I, I love Russell Knox this week. And I think what's key about this is he's coming off a miscut at Torrey. 
Um, I, I don't know a whole lot else about his his recent form, but I think a guy like Russell Knox, you know, is probably really excited to come out and and uh, avenge his performance last week. I think a golf course that fits his eye, puts it great, uh, great course history here. So I, I just wanted to fire up. I, I love Russell Knox there. Um, another guy, another guy in that uh, eighty to one category is Michael Thompson. Um, I think Michael Thompson's played well here. Um, you know, he's, he's in good form coming in. So I think Thompson, again, if, if you're going to play a, a small win bet, um, I think he's going to get some action, uh, action for me this week. Thompson's been playing uh, fairly well, uh, so far early in the season. Um, a lot of Russell Knox love didn't, didn't see that coming, but I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a reasonable course fit. Um, I'm in on that. A uh, couple other guys, 80 to one. Um, Brant Snedeker has has uh, done very well here. Two time winner. Uh, recent past is not not necessarily great. Um, I think a couple weeks ago he had a top ten. Um, worth considering. I, I wouldn't do much there. Um, Andrew Putnam really interests me on, at this number. Um, I think his his he's got the type of game um, that he gets. He's just one of these guys that shows up on the leaderboard um, every once in a while, and he's he's just kind of solid all around. He, he profiles really well after um, after off the tee. He's he's decent in approach, decent around the greens, um, and a decent putter. So he's had a couple top thirties the last couple events. Um, and, and, and at this range, that's, that's the kind of thing you're looking for. It's not necessarily uh, top fives, top 10. So I like Putnam this week at 80 to one um, guys, the, the hundred to one range um, and above that is um, littered with names that you, you, you can see a, a scenario where they, they could potentially win this tournament. I think Nick Taylor was was in this range a couple of years ago. Vaughn Taylor a couple of years ago. We mentioned Ted, Ted Potter. I think was um, three hundred fifty or four hundred to one when he won here five years ago, six years ago. Um, that's Ted Potter disrespect there. I, that's just a fact. That that's just a fact. I know. I can't believe they they put him at that. Um, so pretty much anywhere you want to go in that range, I'm going to throw a name out there, and it's going to shock you guys, and it's going to. It's going to especially shock Johnny. Um, Jimmy Walker at 200 to 250 to one. He, you know, he's battling that Lyme disease still. Um, but he's shown some form here. Um, made the cut last week at farmers top 50, uh, made the cut at Sony. Um, Used to be Jimmy Walker was one of the quicker uh, early season starters we had. Always did well in Hawaii. Always did well on the West Coast. And then he wouldn't resurface until the Texas events. Um, but he would he would win a lot early in the season. Jimmy Walker's probably not going to win. I know that. But um, just a name, just a name I'm kind of interested in at 250 to one. Next. That's. That's not bad. I mean, I, I I can see that. I don't I, I don't hate that because he played pretty well at Sony and then at uh, well I don't think he played pretty well at the Amex, but 
I mean, right? He, yeah, he missed. He, a made Amos, a cut? But he made the cut last week. Yeah, I made the cut last week. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. Get, now, do I get to talk about Sahith Tagala like I always do? It seems like I bring his name up every single time. That's. I mean, he finished twenty fifth yeah. uh, at uh, at Tory. Um, he's a West Coast guy, uh, Pepperdine grad. Um, Hundred to one. I don't think you'll win, but yeah, I think you can get good value in like a top thirty or top forty. Seems to be adjusting kind of well to the pro game now. He's getting a little bit uh, more comfortable with it there, and I would imagine he's um, not knowing his course history here, but I would imagine he's he's played the golf courses before and and, and gets them in. Um, I think that's that's important, obviously. Um, but he's uh, his name's been popping up on the leaderboard here quite a bit and he shot nine under the first two days at uh, uh at tory north and south so i mean that's that's certainly something and, and it was just even par on the weekend but uh um you know it wasn't too bad there but uh i think the winner at, is going to come out of somewhere in this category here it just feels like looking at the top of the board that we're going to find someone at 100 or 130 or 150 to one and i it's, it's just going to be hard to pick which one of those guys are it though, because I don't know. It just feel, feels like this type of field here with as, as kind of as weak as it is, as long as the weather kind of holds, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at this, but I really haven't had time to look. It's just going to, I think this is going to be quite a bit of uh, looking at the numbers, seeing who who's, who's been striking the ball well lately and, uh, and going with those picks. Mark, I, I know, I know you love this range and I know you're sitting there too. <laughs> so this one, this one, my, my first name here, I'm going to drop, uh, isn't really that big of a long shot, especially, uh, coming off of final round 66 on Saturday at Tory Austin Smotherman at uh one ten to one, um, Smotherman ranks top 15, uh, in that short yardage proximity to the whole category in great form. Um, so again, if we're looking at recent form and a guy that potentially fits this course, I'd really like uh, Austin Smotherman, maybe for a top 10 bet. Um, another name here, kind of kind of similar to Johnny Sahith, the gala bet. Uh, I'm going to bring up Peter Malnati again. Uh, Malnati came off T25 uh, at Sony. He shot nine under, or excuse me, not at Sony, at the Farmers. He was tied for 25th. Um, you know, I like Malnati earlier in the year at Sony. I think the last time I was on the pod, he uh, made the cut there. So playing playing well, in good form. He was in the hunt uh, through 36 at Torrey, um, you know, until he eventually intentionally uh, fell back a little bit. Another name I like here, we're going a little bit deeper down the board. Um, let me drop Brian Gay on you. Brian Gay here. Uh, is a is a first round leader in 2019. Always gets off to a quick start, depending on um, you know the weather. I think Brian Gay could be uh, let out of the tournament. You know, we talk about some of these shorter hitters. Brian Gay is a really short hitter, um, but again, fits the bill. Uh, I think for a guy that's won five times in his career, uh, not in any good form coming in. I think he's missed his last two cuts. But uh, I, I could see Brian Gay uh, potentially having a good finish here, top 20. Um, and then I'm, I'm browsing way down the board here for in a little bit. I do like a couple. Uh, I do like a couple um, 
guys here, but we're going to hold off for a moment. Can I throw two names out there? Um, one, Doc Redmond, 200 to one. Doc, uh, came, I mean, literally came back from the dead where was it was it middle last summer where he was 40, 50 to one to win in certain events. And, and we we're talking about as a viable win. And now he's down here at 200 to one. But he did um, he did finish top 25 last week at Farmers. That's all I need. I need I needed to see something from Doc. 200 to one. And I'm embarrassed to even to even say this name, but I'm sharing my screen right now. And if you look at the last 50 rounds on strokes gained approach, who's second behind Daniel Berger? Oh my God. It's Luke Donald. Luke Donald. He his off the tee game is complete trash. Like <laughs> he loses he loses a stroke per round off the tee. It, it is ghastly. I'm confident I could go play spyglass and drive it better than Luke Donald this coming weekend. But he does have um, his iron game seems to be on point recently we know he's a good putter and is around the green game is, is is pretty solid as well top 40 on luke donald um would probably net you a plus 500 i, I that's without me looking for plus 400 on a top 40 for luke donald um i'm interested in that um you know i don't i don't like talking about luke donald at all but um and then past that, plus 500, or I'm sorry, 500 to one, Nick Watney. Um, once upon a time, Nick Watney was really, really good at golf. And even as recently, a couple of years ago, he was, um, I think it was 28 or 19. He was, he still had a couple of good finishes. I remember he finished runner up to, I think, Jason Day, the last, his last win. Um, so Watney at 500 to one, uh, I'll do it. I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a buck on it and see if you can uh, have lightning in a bottle once. Anything else from you guys on Pebble before we talk a few minutes about the Saudi event? I'm Peter John. Jacobson's in this field. Oh my god! <laughs> Same odds as Nick Watney. That's insulting. <laughs> That's insulting. And Ted Nick Potter Watney. Jr. That's. That shouldn't happen. Peter Jacobson should be no, no. That's that's gross. There's Davis Love, Peter Jacobson, and Tom Lehman are all playing in this event. Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna let, let me while while, oh, while yeah. we're still while we're still thinking about Pete Jacobson, I'm gonna throw out a couple rapid fires here that I that I like that I like towards the bottom of this field. Um, one Andrew Landry. Um, another one, Alex Cheka, who obviously had a great year last year on the champions tour. Um, again, if, if, if anybody's feeling crazy, a dollar, uh, also Richie Wierenski, um, Richie's played well in spots. I know he's in terrible form right now, but, uh, looking at him way down the list. And then last but not least, just be fun to kind of watch Grayson Murray, uh, tee it up this week. See what, uh. See, see, we'll see how Grayson's game is, uh, is, is improving, progressing, certainly a lightning rod on social media. So yeah, yeah. undressed by Kevin uh, on Twitter. 
yeah. So, so I think this is, I think this is a good chance for Grayson to to prove that he can indeed make a cut. Um, but no, really exciting tournament. Excited to watch a lot of these, uh, a lot of these long shots. Let's be honest. Kevin now was flexing a little too hard uh, about all that. Um, I mean, let's, let's, let's take it down a notch. I just saw this name coming back to the scene of the crime. And I know Johnny remembers. I thought we thought he was going to win last year for a while. Nate Lashley. Um, yeah. Where he was on, I think, 15, 14, 15, he four putted late in the day, Sunday, 300 to one. That's right. I had, I bet him. And then I had a couple of people that actually tailed me there and, uh, and they were, they're messaging me during the, that final round there. And, I, I thought it was going to be this magical run here in the four putt. Let's move on to the Saudi event, if I can find it here. Um, obviously, this is a controversial event. We'll, we're going to kind of just forego that and talk about the actual golf tournament itself. Um, uh, Mark, thoughts on this tournament? Um, it's it's gotten a pretty good field. Uh, DJ's the headliner. Vic Hovland coming off his third win in five starts. Um, I know guys like Kokrax over there <laughs> playing, <laughs> trying to um, trying to throw another flush in. And uh, initial thoughts on the odds there? I haven't pulled them up yet. Yeah, I I haven't. Oh, I haven't either, Phil. Um, but looking at this field, I think, I think we kind of have to, I don't think there's any doubt Bryson. Uh, I, I don't want to provide misinformation to your listeners, but I, I don't think Bryson's pulled out of this yet. Um, you know, watching him at Tory miss the cut. Uh, I don't think there's any question he's injured. I think we're already starting to see um, the effects of, of what his distance quest is going to do to his body. And I don't think, you know, regardless of how well you prepare and how much time you put in. Um, I just don't think the body's meant to swing like Bryson swinging. So uh, whether he tees it up or not, I think if you look at a lot of these higher level American players, you kind of have to pick through it and see who's really there to compete and who's there for the, the appearance fee. So just looking through the field here, uh, I love Xander Shoffley. I think he's a guy that's, that's going over there to play and play well. Um, I'm going to drop another name for you here. Uh, coming off a uh, a decent finish at the Amex, Harold Varner the third. Um, I think Harold Varner. Uh, this provides a guy like Varner a good opportunity to to kind of solidify himself as a as a true global player. I think Varner is going to have a big year this year. I think we're talking multiple win uh, campaign, and I think this is a good good way for for Harold to kind of. Get out and, and really show what what kind of player he he is. But um, love Shoffley, and we'll take a flyer on Harold Varner this week. So she, I see Xander at plus eleven hundred on um, odds on points bet. Um, DJ's a favorite at plus seven hundred. I don't I don't think any of us would would advise betting him. You know, even though he is defending champion, I assume it's the same golf course. Does anyone know? I don't know. I don't know, but I would think so. Um, 
uh, you know, at least he, he, he got, got one tournament in last week and I think he showed out probably better than I expected. Probably you, better than you guys expected as well. Anyone you see, uh, Johnny, that, that interests you for Saudi. Um, Tony Finau's played well here. Didn't he, he almost beat DJ in the one year. I think he was the third round leader or something like that. Um, you quite, there's a question of, of form, you know, he hasn't really lit it up here, but, um, in the last couple, couple weeks, I don't think, but, uh, um, I think he's definitely, you know, if it's the same golf course, which I, I assume it is, you know, he, he would definitely fit there. Um, Thomas Peters won a couple of weeks ago on, uh, on the DP world tour. So, you know, he, he's an, he's one I, I don't mind. I don't love the the 16 to one, but I, I do like his chances there. Um, down the, f- I don't, I'm going to go with that. I, 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 I don't, I, I got one. How, how, what, this is perfect synergy for Pat Reed to win the Saudi event, is it not? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 34 to 1. I'd buy that. Uh, I mean, this just feels like Pat Reed's going to walk into Saudi, win this, and it's it's the villain win, winning in the, the villainous country of Saudi Arabia. So I like I like that narrative more than anything. Um, but no, I, I actually like Abe Answer at that number, at plus 2,900. I, I like that quite a bit, actually. Um, I, I, I kind of like the Varner play. Uh, maybe, you know, we saw some good play there uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Matt Wolf is interesting at plus 5,000, but he has not shown much the last couple events. Um, he had a great fall, though. Um, so, to me, he's he's the ultimate boomer bust. So, if you're, you're betting on the upside, you're betting on the ceiling, plus 5,000 is uh, an amazing number for him. Um Anything else from this event or the golf world before we close this thing out? I've got nothing. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you having me on again, Phil and Johnny, always a pleasure. Johnny. I'm good. We've all been worn down by this one. Um, We'll have our best bets up uh, Wednesday of this week. And uh, later on the week, uh, Days of Thunder podcast, uh, Tim, Amanda, and myself, and uh, perhaps my wife joining me to do a rewatchable on Days of Thunder. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, so appreciate everyone listening. Super Bowl next week. Got a couple shows on that. Um, so um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, do it all. Thanks for joining. We'll catch you next time.